tired of commuting across town for music lessons? Are you sick of crappy YouTube tutorials? Then go to fetchclass.com. www.fetchclass.com. Teach and be taught in a secure video conference one-on-one. Better than Skype and or FaceTime. Included is a scheduling system that reminds you of upcoming lessons. It's great for teachers and students alike. Join now and get learning. www.fetchclass.com That's www.fetchclass.com With yearly revenue at $347 billion per year on an e-commerce site, you need a website. You need bot.96.lt, a place to buy and sell anything. There's no need to build a website. It's built for you. Be part of an e-commerce community. If you already have a web store, you can join for free now. Go to bot.96.lt for more details. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Apolog podcast. Thanks so much for supporting the show, and thanks a lot for telling a friend. You can go to www.apolog.esy.es. Apolog is spelt A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E dot E-S-Y dot E-S. Please subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please subscribe to that too and rate and review the show. Also, if you shop on Amazon, be sure to click on the Amazon banner on the right side of apolog.esy.es. And bookmark it. And every time you shop on Amazon, go to that bookmark and you'll be supporting the show. It costs you no extra money, but it really helps me out. Thank you so much and enjoy this show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Applog Podcast, episode number 21. This is, uh, this is cool. It's kind of getting monumental now. Getting up to 21 full episodes. Well, I'm going to keep this short and say that today's guest is... Mr. Tom Darcy. Tom Darcy and I are going on 18 years of being friends. And I really like to thank him for being on the show. He uh, went down to his studio. He's a musician, a producer, a recording engineer, studio owner, songwriter. He does it all. And ladies and gentlemen, let's get to know him. Mr. Tom Darcy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Apolog Podcast, episode number 21. And today, I am sitting in a recording studio off Queen Street with Mr. Tom Darcy. Hello, Simon. Hello, Tom. How is it going? Tom had to, I had to explain what, what we were doing here, because Tom is a busy man. Well, never too busy to download a podcast, I'd say. <laughs> I don't know. I have to, you know, one thing about Tom, you, Tom, mm-hmm. is that you are unlike other people you return phone calls. When someone gets in touch with you via email, mm-hmm. you generally get back to people. Mm-hmm. That's a trait that not a lot of people have today. Well, it's just because I like you. Well. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not returning shitloads of other phone calls from other people, maybe. Like who? 
You know, it's not true. I actually, I'm I'm pretty good at, at returning phone calls. I got to say, and uh, you know, on a on a side note, I I work with this. Um, there's a young guy who works at the studio here sometimes, um, who's uh, just constantly shocked whenever I'm on time. <laughs> like, and I guess I'm pretty much always on time. I don't know here to get. I, I was I was here three minutes early that's today. Right. Yeah. You were you were here thirty minutes early. I was anticipating traffic. Um, that's okay, but um, yeah, just that it's weird that people are on time. It's weird that people return phone calls. It's weird that people return emails. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. This is just a very small sign of respect to the person that you're communicating with, Absolutely. and uh, really doesn't take much. And I don't understand why anybody's bad at it. Yeah, see, I work with people who, when you send off, and you think, does this actually reach them? So mm-hmm. you lose trust in the communication device. Like, I've texted you. Mm-hmm. I've sent you an email. Yeah, nothing's getting through. And these are people I work with. Yeah. These are- <laughs> Although, funnily enough, when you called me, so it was a couple weeks ago or whatever, yeah. and I didn't return your call for maybe four or five days, mm-hmm. and I felt guilty <laughs> on the third or fourth one. I'm like, shit, I gotta call Simon. I gotta call, I gotta call Simon. And it became to this thing that was nagging inside of me. And it happened. But see, that's your, see, yeah. that's your, your inner compass, your mm-hmm. moral compass. Yes, my moral phone compass. <laughs> which etiquette. turns off every time I dial 976. Why am I still doing that with the internet? The internet? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's talk about you and your recording studio because you, you kind of just, you still make music. Yeah. Would you consider yourself still a sort of full functioning recording artist, or are you? Is this the studio now part? I of guess your... so. This has sort of um, been a been a big distraction, and as bands have showed up here and, and uh, actually wanted wanted me to produce or engineer them or whatever, um, and my calendar gets more and more full, I, I find less and less time to actually write a song for myself or write a song for no reason, you know, and and. Um, you know, it used to be when I was a kid, you know, you'd just be walking down the street and constantly songs are just coming into your head and you're, you know, you're a musician, that's what you do. And yeah. and so you're kind of always thinking about it and there's always some kind of, some kind of melody happening or some kind of something like you're just creating even when you're not creating. Mm-hmm. Um, since the studio has become busy, I, I find that I actually have to block out time and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take these days off. I'm going to not let anybody book these this little bit of time so that I can actually do something for myself. And then usually what end, ends up happening is I'm so fucking exhausted that I just don't even come in anyway. And don't Your head gets anything. fried. You get sick of the place. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. You know, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's definitely been taking away from, from my writing for sure. But uh, at the same time, um, I've been having fun with it in a whole other way that's been satisfying in a new way. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of been a... A rejuvenation anyway uh, and that doesn't really bother me that i haven't written many songs because i'm doing this whole other thing that's fun yeah um but it just crosses my mind once in a while like i i thought yes yesterday i was like fuck i haven't i, I was writing for an advertisement which is like the most writing that i do is for mm-hmm. at, like for when somebody else tells me what they want yeah. um and again not really like for me for me um and realize like i haven't written a song for myself in like four months or something you know like yeah. it's like holy shit like but when they come do you find they come i'm just like it's like oh wow this is do you find it more inspiring when they actually come like this came out of nowhere i mean it happens to me like yeah. sometimes like oh where did that come from i have no idea and i think well, because of taking a break might be a reason why it's great that it's happening to you because I, I find it happens less and less over the years mm-hmm. and that part of my brain that's just always doing that has mm-hmm. just gradually been turning off so mm-hmm. I, I find i have to really like work at it i have to do it yeah yeah i remember the days of my studio was kind of far away i would have to like remember that 
bit in my head before I actually forgot about it before I got to the space. So then while you're driving and you're singing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And you get okay. in, you put your guitar on, you go, oh shit, I'll make a coffee. And then you come in and go, oh shit. And actually that's, that's, uh, I, I haven't been also because of the studio, haven't been touring, uh, really like an, and it's the first time where I'm, I, first time in my life where I'm in no band that has any touring plans of any kind, you know, and yeah. I've quit people's bands and other bands have finished and whatever it is, but I find that the long drive was always a great place to where, where that part of your brain would turn back on and you have yeah. like six hours of silence and suddenly you're writing songs in your head and yeah. you got something great by the time you yeah. get to Sault Ste. Marie. And plus you're, you're also inspired because you're actually going out and doing something that's, yep. you're going to have a result. At the end of the day, there's I hate that term, but I'm actually using it literally. At the end of the day, you're actually playing a show. And then you can say, I'm, I'm on my trip. I'm going to go there. And then you're excited about stuff. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've been on tour and go, hey, I got this part. And I remember it. And then I come back and then I, I record it into my whatever and then my yeah. phone. And then I get home and I, I take and listen to all these things. And then I get more inspired because I remember that moment that I was actually yeah. at that. And then you'd be, man, it's amazing how many bands have come in here. And the first thing they do is listen to their iPhone voice memos. <laughs> Um, of like, oh yeah, no, no, I got, I got this thing. I know, I, I, I worked out this part the other day, and it's for like whatever the solo and then whatever, and everything from song ideas like root hooks to like just a tiny little rhythmic change that happens or a drum fill and the smallest thing, and everybody is just constantly keeping these logs of iPhone voice memos. Yeah, where and... are they all going? They're just going <laughs> in people's computers. I mean, I bet how many lost songs are in there, like lost ideas? And... I don't know if my if I suddenly lost my everything and didn't have my like lost all my voice email or whatever. Yeah. Uh, voice email that was the very <laughs> old man. <laughs> all of my voice emails. I got me emails on the webers. Uh, if I suddenly lost that stuff, it would be uh, it would be um, a huge a huge. Um, Injury. <laughs> Did you? I used to uh, call myself. Yeah, that used to be the thing. Yeah. And leave messages. And on then you, my phone. Did you ever do it where you actually call your home answering machine? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> From the well, I did. At it. least then it would be on a cassette, and yeah, you could you just, just take that cassette and listen and then, to it. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that all the time. I wrote like the first, my first album, mostly on the phone. And the weird thing about like is like I would then take it or call other people on their phone and play it to them. Mm -hmm. They would get the message, and then we were writing songs over the phone. This is before yeah. the cell phone and all that yeah. stuff. But um, so your your recording studio is kind of like your trade now. It's kind of like this is what I do, means to an end. Um, do you feel comfortable? Like, is this are you okay with that? Like more and more so. I mean, I I feel like. Um... A lot of a lot of uh, quote unquote decisions over the years of uh, where I've ended up were a lot of the times kind of by accident mm -hmm. and and um, this wasn't really an exception where originally uh, me and my partner John were just um, we had both left another studio where we had these tiny little writers rooms in 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 the back of this other studio and um, I didn't I needed a place to work and um I, to and to go and like feel like you go somewhere every day you know and not be a loser. Like an office. Um like an office and yeah. and I was writing a lot for advertising at the time and I was writing my own music at the time but I wasn't like my schedule wasn't jam packed but I was looking for another writer's room like that I couldn't I couldn't work at home. And then when this studio became available and we and we saw it and we're like well 
I mean, it's a bit more money than I was I was going to spend, but can't really turn it down. Like it's a, it's this amazing space that's yeah. all uh, been treated already and acoustically measured or whatever, and all the tie lines are already in, and the walls are four three feet thick, and yeah. it's like this amazing like space that's been pre-built that all you got to yeah. do is put gear into. Yeah, but it cost you thousands of dollars to get it to just to bare rooms. Yeah, thousands. yeah. Even that door, those two doors, is like two grand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, and and we were just lucky that you know another studio happened to be leaving, and the guts of it were all here. Yeah. And uh, so, like you know, when we moved in, we were doing sessions the two days after we moved in. Like immediately, yeah. everything was here. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just a matter of like putting your own desk and your own preamps and your own microphones and whatever. But no, no building costs, which is huge, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um. So originally it was just going to be a writing room, and I never really wanted to produce bands. I just, uh, um like on one hand kind of just don't like bands <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like uh, the, the me too tom <laughs> me too <laughs> uh, and uh you know i i i'm i'm a bit of a know-it-all and i want to do things my own way me which too, is tom. why i end up working alone me and, too tom <laughs> <laughs> uh all that kind of stuff and then when you actually have a band that you know it's it kills me to watch people make bad decisions in yeah. front of me and when bands especially young bands are developing material and they're they're not really capable of taking advice first of all and also they're not very good yet and all yeah. that sort of thing and and but they need to they need to make mistakes to be able to learn yeah. and and it's yeah. their art and all that stuff yeah. so like who am i to tell them what to do mm-hmm. those are the bands i didn't want to work with you know just wasn't interested in in developing people that didn't know what they were doing and yeah. and uh working with the with that kind of dynamic of just watching people do something shitty in front of me for 10 hours yeah. so i can make 300 bucks it's like yeah not worth it yeah. at all um but when we started this space gradually over time bands that i actually like and bands that were actually good started coming here and those ones actually did really want to work with you know and and um have been artistically gratifying and yeah. great to see you know develop material together and know that our skills are are complementing each other and and i can help and they can be good and it's just like mutually beneficial relationship of producer slash band um yeah but with bands that i respect and i guess that's the real thing it's not that i don't like bands i just don't like bands i don't like yeah, so yeah, I mean, you're in a good little pocket because people that come here respect you as a person and as an artist. Yeah, um, which was weird to me. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's cool because yeah. now you can have a common yeah. conversation with people who are like-minded. Yeah, because I I was in that boat with you where I was getting bands coming. I had to pay my bills. I had a big. I was in the same thing. It's so funny. Our parallel. We have a parallel in our lives. But mine was twenty years ago, mm-hmm. where I got a room that I couldn't afford. I had no bands to record. I recorded every band under the sun. And I'm yeah. just, I was starting out. I was only like four years into it at that point. And then I got bands. Yeah. But then I became the guy that bands come to. It wasn't like because he has good ideas. It's because everybody went there. But that's where we split. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's where our, our paths kind of are different. Yeah. And I, I think that's a cool thing. And that's a good, you being able to de- determine where you want to go is. Well, that I'm allowed to say no. Yeah, and they respect uh, is, your no, which is cool. Yeah. And uh, and there's you know some people that want to work here that I just don't work with. Yeah, yeah, um, I was, yeah. I was going to say that whole thing about you. You're watching shitty bands make bad mistakes, and you can say that's a bad idea. And there's a hundred reasons why. Well, why? <laughs> It's just a bad idea. I don't want to tell you all 100 reasons because then I'm giving you what it's essentially the key to. And I just don't want to be that guy either. Yeah. Like, and, and then I just become a, come across as the curmudgeonly old fucking yeah. fucker. There are people that are can politically get their way. 
Yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know. Um, good idea is a good idea, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing was, uh, and you kind of touched on it, was, uh, you know, years ago, uh, there's, you know, people that people that know me really well know that I'm good at what I do. And uh, uh, it had been suggested to me over and over, you're like, you should really be producing, like, you should be producing bands, you should be producing bands. You be producing. Was and, I one of those? Uh, I think I was. Probably, yeah. You usually produce your own stuff anyway. So. Uh, I had produced my own stuff for a long time, and I had produced one or two little things over the years, but just not not much, and it wasn't, wasn't something that I was ambitious towards. Mm-hmm. And the 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 level of... The problem at the time, the the paradox, was that, yes, I could produce a band, but no, no band that I would want to produce would want to have me as a producer. <laughs> because I have no credits... I have no, like, you know, you, when you say, I produce all my own records, I'm a producer. Like, hey, that doesn't mean anything. No, like, that's, that's true. bullshit. Yeah. And um, so I don't have any actual, like, real credits. And if I don't have any actual real credits, well, then I'm going to have to start at the bottom and start with bands that I don't like. And if I have to start with bands I don't like, well, then I don't want to do it. I want to somehow skip yeah. that whole level and get right into bands that are good. It's a coin toss. Too. Um, Getting good bands when you don't know them and you're coming in cold. Oh, yeah. And, and um so it was just lucky, and I guess a lot of it was the space, and that as soon as I started working with people, then they wanted instantly wanted to do more mm-hmm. all the time. So, which was a compliment, and says that I'm, I guess, doing my job okay, doing it okay, yeah, kind of all right at least, or yeah. good enough. Um, and uh, and you know, like it was that thing. I got to skip the, I got to skip the stage of recording all the amateurs and just go straight to the good shit. Well, that's good, man. Because yeah. that's that's what's going to stop you from burning out. Like maybe, do you think maybe that you're doing this now as a reaction of maybe burning out as a musician or saying, this is something where you get a result. It's a monetary result, but as well as there's an artistic result. So you have two all pairing together. Yeah. You know, did you get the same thing with music or is this, is, do you think this is a little move for this reason? Um, well, if it's a move, it's by accident, but. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's <laughs> like subconscious saying, anyways. Yeah, you always end so. up making decisions that get you sort of from one, one spot yeah. to the other. Otherwise, we'd all be still sucking on our thumbs and peeing ourselves. Yeah. You know? Um, well, I just, I've, I mean, I've always been most happy when I'm like way too busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so however I can fill in all the gaps of my schedule is going to be good. And that's that's been the, the one thing that's been a great move is that whatever time I have left over is taken. Like it's yeah. that that part of life is like I I will never not be busy as long as I'm working here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And used, always yeah. as busy as I want to be, and whether it's busy with the right things or not, I'm not really sure. Because you do have yeah. that like it's when you're you know I the whole concept of getting paid while you sleep like that's very appealing to me. I, I like that. Oh, yeah. Um. And um. And most of my livelihood comes from like getting publishing checks, and and like that's still a thing that that keeps me afloat that that's my main income is that from, would be your trade it would be my trade except you know money while you sleep is not doing anything that day and you want to do stuff and uh which leads to depression yeah <laughs> and yeah and um and so as as much as i might have been like financially successful from from like you know putting shit in tv shows or whatever and advertising like um it's it it doesn't make me happy from from day to day even though it it supports me financially so the money becomes not important um it is it's nice that when people come in here then i make a few hundred bucks and that's in my hand right away and that's yeah. cool but i much prefer the money while you sleep thing. <laughs> at the same time when when these bands leave at the end of the day then it's it's over like there's nothing more to wait for there's no yeah. there's no other paycheck and there's no other work to do and even the fact that 
these records will go to somebody else to get mixed or mastered or whatever and to tour and whatever. And like, I'm, I'm just the forgotten first step. A small cog you know. wheel in, in, in yeah. the big wheel of the whole thing. And yeah. The whole thing's so new that, um, like, uh, I mean, barely anything that I've done has even been released. So <laughs> it's, yeah. o- it's only been the last like six or eight months that I've been, that's really it's busy, busy, really yeah. busy, busy. <clears throat> and a lot of these records are, are, haven't even come out. So, um, I haven't experienced it that much, but I anticipate that sort of like when you're in your own band and you make your own thing, then recording the thing is just step number one. And then there's a hundred other steps after that and you're oh, growing. Yeah. It's like, that's just yeah. planting the seed and then you develop yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm not included in any of that fun. I'm yeah. just going to go plant another seed with another band the yeah. next day, which yeah. is from personal experience. <clears throat> you're at that phase where you're at the feast part of it when it comes to the recording aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Then you work so hard that it's really hard to go find new work. So there's yeah. a constant, whoa, I'm busy, 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 and then blah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because you were too busy working to go find more work. You yeah. know what I mean? So I would suggest that you hire somebody that, not myself, I'm not putting myself up <laughs> for the job, somebody who can actually answer your phone, um, take your messages, yeah. reach out to other people. I'm saying like a manager type that would take a cut off the top or whatever. That is what keeps you busy in yeah. constantly, if, you, if that's what you want. Because some people yeah. do like, hey, it's the summer. I got nothing to do. Okay, well, and that could happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've yet to book anything more than a month in advance. Yeah, and you, you know what? You're saying stuff about you need to keep moving, and I, I can draw a parallel to that. It's, I, you know, I always the same thing. I need to keep doing something. Otherwise, yeah. I'm doing nothing. Nothing. Not, so, the whole idea of going on holiday, yeah, is a complete new thing to me. You know, and and not just sitting around. Well, what am I going to do today? Yeah, I've I I got nothing to do. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I went to I went to Thailand a few weeks ago, and oh, wow. um, it was um, when we were moving. It was like airport, airport. We, we it was such a whirlwind trip of yeah. um, like Seoul for two days, Bangkok for two days, and a very in and out. Like, okay, we got to figure out how to get to the thing and how to get on the flight and do all. And it's like the vacation was like working. <laughs> you know, the amount of planning yeah. that went into yeah. actually being able to go to those places for such short amounts of time and never actually have time to just sit around. Because it's a big place. was like, lots bam, of bam. shit. Yeah. And there's lots of shit. And, and just planning your day and going to whatever attractions it, it is that you were, wanted to see or whatever. It, like, it yeah. feels like work. Like, all these things that are fun. How to get to the boxing match or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, that feels like work. Yeah. And then when we actually got to the beach part of the vacation, which was going to be just six days sitting around Phuket, yeah. like... I just got so bored. I was like, I really? don't want to be here. I don't want to, like, this is, and I started being snappy with my wife and, Ooh. like, and just turning into just a dick. So you appreciate the, you know, like, you know, the oh, I think movie. She, she knows, she knows that I need to be busy or else, you know, yeah. things are not that cool at home. Yeah, yeah. And um, if, you know, if I sit around and do nothing for eight hours in a row, then I get pretty cranky. Yeah. I don't even realize it. I mean, it's just. That's neat. Uh, That's neat to know because, uh. I, I was like that, and I find that like, over the past couple of years that I can now, I actually get, when someone says, okay, here's our plan, we went to Florida, mm-hmm. we drove down there, I, I really enjoyed the drive, right? my kids were well behaved, and every, we all got along, there's not a word spoken harsh, get down there, and I'm there, Yeah. and my then switched, like, I don't want to do anything. I'm and that just, worked, and you did it. And But what I get snappy was, okay, so now we're going to go through this, and this, and I'm like, ah, no. Once the pl- oh we're here, I just want to do nothing. Isn't that is you know? And it's weird because that's a vacation to me. 
for some. And then all these kids would be like, "Fuck you, Dad!" Like, yeah. no, I want to. Like, yeah, let's <laughs> go to dolphins. the beach. Let's do this and let's Whatever. do this. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate that, but yeah. at the same time, this is my vacation yeah. too. And I, it's weird. It's the very first time that I felt that I just want to just hang. Yeah, I, I don't want to go. I couldn't imagine going to Disney World. Yeah, where it's like maybe I could, maybe you know, maybe because maybe I'd then not be in that do nothing mode. I know yeah. I have a very good switch there. So, so music, you're still playing, you're still writing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the commercial aspect of it, do you get like the artistic uh, reward out of it? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just not you, really. I mean, not really. I mean, I guess I get calls. Um, I get I more often get calls for things that I'm good at. Yeah, or things that they think I'm. What good are at. you good at? I don't know. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, like what you. I mean, are because I know that there's the, that 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 I'm good guy, at sex. That, That's yeah, weird. yeah. I know that part. Yeah. Um, Come on, you. Don't have to I. Uh, well, I, I I get calls for like uh, indie rock type stuff and mm-hmm. like you know synths over real drums kind of stuff and uh-huh. the easy to understand hook the sort of like. I don't know the stuff that's on TV. Um, I heard one of your songs actually. Oh yeah, I think it was a Telus commercial. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It was a good one. And I was like, "That's fucking Tom." <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, so my buddy Steve Bays of the Hot Hot Heat band out in Vancouver. I guess all, all of his buddies were like, "Dude, great job on that Telus ad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all yeah. Telus is so, really matched up this way. Next time I saw him after that, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, people keep on thinking it's me." It's like. Fuck, I got all the cred, but none of the bread. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, dude. That's awesome. I, yeah. I, I mean, I got all the bread and no cred, apparently. So yeah, yeah. I don't know which is better. Which is better? I'm not sure. I think people think that's him. A lot of people say uh, bread is awesome, but cred is also awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Cred is, means that, well... I like an even balance of both bread and, bread and, cred. and cred. See, I like to have a, a dusting of cred, yeah. but more of the bread. And, it, you know, it's it's... It's I guess it's something instilled in me by my parents where like just getting money makes me so happy. <laughs> like <laughs> just a, a check like a nice size check of any kind is yeah. just like yeah. 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 Like I just it makes it, it makes me feel satisfied with myself and like yeah, I'm doing I'm doing things right. This is cool, yeah. man. And then I'll like turn around and waste money so fast and just have no respect for spending or saving or all the other things about money. It's just life is short. receiving the money. Yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah. Then as soon as it's in the bank, no longer care about money and <laughs> and like I'm totally irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, how are your parents doing? Good. Yeah, still around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still going. I remember yeah. meeting your dad in that house over that's now the 407 kind of, isn't it? Like Yeah, they the 407 uh bought their old farmhouse to build the highway through, but I don't think they have yet. It's heartbreaking. Uh, I guess so. That's a great place to record. It was. I well, I used to always house it for them for 2 weeks a year. Yeah. And when they would drive to Florida, coincidentally, yeah. and uh, cuz they're afraid of planes. Yeah. And um so um I would go there and just write music for like 2 weeks straight and do my taxes and that was about it. Right. I still um I still house it for them once a year. Yeah. And uh They and, still drive? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Gee. <laughs> um <clears throat> and I don't know how my mom gets anywhere. Like she's a horrible driver, but um Do they both drive? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so I, I went out to house it for them again this year and, it, and now again, was supposed to be like vacation, songwriting, vacation, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Camp. And it just wasn't the same at all. And, yeah. And, um, I had like shitloads of computer work left over of editing and stuff and yeah. doing stuff for bands that had just been here. And I, I just created so much work for myself to you do. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, 
it took me fucking three days to do my taxes and whatever. And by the end of it, I, again, had set up my whole rig. I was going to write songs. I had my guitar and I hooked up the microphone and yeah. got a whole, like, converted a room in their house to do this writing trip and then closed that door and that computer was never turned on. Oh. And it just never happened. I never got to it. Oh, and, I'm going to invite you up. I'm going to start a camp up at my place yeah, in the camp. summer. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a camp camp where uh, my parents place because that's where my studios is in the barn mm -hmm. and uh i'm gonna invite as many people as, as who want to come and make it a weekend thing or we're gonna write a song and <clears throat> as three or four dudes and then record it cool yeah so yeah. it might be a thing i was gonna try to do it last year i just didn't have the time yeah but this year i think maybe in july mm -hmm. when it not doesn't rain every day or whatever yeah. and yeah. then I'd get everybody up there all the old dudes yeah you know write yeah. some music you know yeah. and yeah um yeah so your parents um you're young. You're you're the youngest. Mm -hmm. How many? You got one brother, brother and a sister. They're, brother and sister. I've never uh, met your sister. Uh, cool. <laughs> I don't know. W. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, they're uh, brother and sister, both like six or seven years older. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, they were, they both like you know went off to college and stuff when I was a teenager. I was kind of felt like an only child. Yeah. Or I think psychologically probably was yeah. the effects, whatever an only child feels or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah. the youngest, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm the youngest too. So they they were around when I was a little little kid, but never through the the you know learning yeah. how to drink. Yeah, and when you were years. three, they were like, "Oh, mom, I don't want to take care of Tom." Yeah, you know, we're that going kind of out for dinner. Take care of your brother. Yeah. yeah, I was in the same boat. It was the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and so but Anthony is your brother, right? Mm -hmm. Anthony's he's a TV guy. I remember I saw him in like recycle. He was briefly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he did like a. He's a pro recycler. Yeah. <laughs> what was the show called again? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Junk Raiders. Junk, Junk Raiders. Raiders. It was a Canadian show, right? Was yeah. It Bravo? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, He's he just has done many different little things. Yeah. Nothing really for a, a long, long time in a row, but. He's like you. He's got. He a little bit, yeah. There's a lot of crazy ideas, and I remember talking, and he was talking about recycling back in the day. Like, oh, he was definitely always into that. Into like, that. he was correctly cast on that show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like he just kind of stockpiles, like you know, uh, seemingly worthless construction goods. <laughs> but is he a hoarder? Yeah, a bit of a hoarder. Yeah. Does he live on a property, or is he around here? He's Toronto? here. Yeah, he's here. He lives in Chinatown. Okay, and uh, in a tiny little. Tiny little house that he bought. And... So you got to be really resourceful where you put your junk. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Although, I mean, he's turned into a bit of a slumlord and and has gradually just bought more and more properties oh, really? around, and he just rents apartments. And... Oh, cool. Well, slumlord. Yeah, that's a harsh it, uh, term. Yeah, I know. Well, he's a landlord. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> a landlord who always fixes your shit with recycled materials <laughs> is probably yeah. a slumlord. Oh, probably the worst <laughs> landlord in the world. No, I, no, no. I got the shower. It's fine. It's hey, fine. No, no. Yeah. I got it's good. It's Still got good. blood coming out of it. There's a finger stuck in there. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's no, good. no. It works. <laughs> so uh, I got it on sale for three dollars. And your sister? Yeah. What's your sister do? Um, she is an artist, like a painter, and uh -huh. um, she was teaching art for a while to high school kids, and now she has a um some sort of job at Ryerson that I don't know that much about, some sort of administrative something. Um, but, sounds uh, like you're not really that uh, close to your sister. <laughs> no, no, we, well, we, we talk. Yeah, Christmas time. Um, but she she painted the image on the cover of my newest album. Uh, which is like, like colored blocks or whatever thing. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, What's her style? What's her uh... right like that? Colored, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Colored so, blocks and squares and landscapes. These sort it? of like 
that's that's actually you know what it looks very... like it looks like um when you're trying to tell students where i work what color tape does what <laughs> you write a thing like orange tape means let's right. put orange and brown together that's actually 15 feet that's what that means huh that's right. resistor code. I think your your yeah. sister right. is painting. looks like a pile of books. I'd say does look like a pile. Of books. Uh, that's not very indicative of what she normally does. She does these like six or eight foot canvases with these tiny little squares that make this sort of three dimensional. Yeah, sort of always feels to me like you're like like you're moving through skyscrapers in, yeah. or something. And and there's there are all these little like it's hard to describe these little blocks there. Alexander Darcy dot or AlexDarcy dot com. You can check out her art. D with the apostrophe. I don't think they allow apostrophes in a website. Oh, really? It would Domain, be like name. little D, big D. Mm. That's little, always a tricky little, one. Yeah. Um, so are you born here in Canada, right? I'm born in Guernsey, which is an island in between France and the UK uh, in the British Isles. Yeah. Uh, which is like um, a, a tax haven, basically. <laughs> uh, it's, really? it's sort of like the, the Caymans of Europe. <laughs> where a lot of um, a lot of corporations say that their their business headquarters are there, but oh, it's like the know. Texas of 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 the British Isles, where everybody takes Texas and uses it. For uh, well, not certain. Not, I mean, haven. Texas even still has laws. <laughs> <laughs> How big is it? Uh, I think population maybe like ten thousand or something like that. Really, and uh, it's only four acres wide. Yeah, and then I mean, it's such a it's there's there's so much money being stored there and. Um, and and they're so concerned with keeping population down that even having been born there, I cannot be a citizen um, really? unless I go back and live there for 25 years. You have to take the Guernsey, like, um, you know, you go to Germany, you have to be a German, take the test to be yeah. a German and be an American. Uh, yeah. The Guernsey. The Guernsey test. The Guernsey test. Yeah. What's their, um, what's their, uh, what's their flag look like? <laughs> you know? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I went there once when I was 13. Yeah. And my dad took me there, and and uh, he is your wanted... dad from there? Or your mom, or both of them? They, were they tax? No, he was he was just working like a some sort of financial job mm-hmm. related to being there while I happened to be born. Uh, neither of them were from there. Right. My brother and sister weren't born there. I just happened to be in that two year window. But you're or... British, right? British, British. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> As yeah. a mom, yeah, yeah. Both parents. When did they move British. over? Uh, like 1981. I oh, think. wow. Yeah. So were you like a little British boy? Like I was a little British baby. A little British baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. How old are you? I, uh, 35. Oh, 35. Okay, so you've been... One or two. One. I can't do math. I was one one year old, I believe. Really? It was, I, there was no accent that I had to... To, get, fa- to lose? And my brother and sister always got made fun of a lot when they started grade two or whatever it was when they got here. Isn't that crazy? Little little British accents. <laughs> and then all their kids would make fun of them having no idea that like if they just held on to those accents, uh, oh, yeah. it would have totally got them laid. Absolutely. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. grade two, not cool to have a British accent no. at all. Um, so not to have cool to have any accent, really. Especially. Yeah, when, definitely not. When you moved, you moved sort of the Oshawa area, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so when I was in like uh, when I still lived in Toronto, and I was little, you know, it was like grade three or yeah. whatever, and there's so this little German girl, German coincidentally, um, moved to the school. I had no friends in like grades one through six. I was, didn't really like. Oh yeah. Didn't really have many introvert. Fr- no, actually, like incredibly extroverted, but people just didn't like You're me. You're crazy. <laughs> 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 and um. I guess I was, I was like, you know, used to being alone or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, so there's this, but I, you know, I really wanted friends. Like it killed me that I had no friends. Yeah. Um, and so this German girl moved in and, and, and I, 
I thought I would capitalize on the fact that this little girl knew no English. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is perfect. This is <laughs> this is going to be my friend. Like, this yeah. is awesome. And, and uh, all the other kids are like, who's this weird girl who doesn't speak English barely or funny yeah. English? And I was like, yeah, this this one, I can exploit this situation. My best friend. Yeah, she's yeah. totally my best friend. <laughs> but, you know, kids learn so fast. And it was within, like, within that first school year, like, within a couple of months. I have no idea. Time in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But uh, as soon as she learned English, like, she never spoke to me again. She pretty. <laughs> she pretty. <laughs> Bummer. She used so, you. And then she's moved so on. gone. Oh. Like, just, yeah, just, no, I am not cool. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she did. And she became friends with the popular girls, too, which was, you know. But you had no in. But you can even capitalize being what six grade six you've been nine or ten eleven, eleven years old. So it was a little earlier than that. I think yeah. like grade three. So yeah, so grade three. Yeah, I so wish I could would, remember her name. You can't just sort of move Gretchen. Yeah, it could be maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll call her Gretchen for now. Yeah, to hide the innocent. Yeah. So where were you? You were in grade three, and then Toronto. Then you moved to. When did you move to the Oshawa area? Uh, I think I was. Um, uh, no, I must have been like ten or twelve or something. Yeah. And uh, but then kept going to high school in Toronto. Um, Holy shit, that must have sucked. Taking the go train every day. Oh, that must have sucked. Uh, yeah, really. Well, no, I always like. I I mean, I had the choice to not go. And right. I mean, it was. I, why I were mean, you going to high school? Was it special? Why was I going to high school at all? No, that high school <laughs> was it for special introvert, extroverted children. Um, well, I, I I went to school there just for a couple years in Hampton, which was like tiny tiny little school mm-hmm. and uh when i first got there the the school that i came from in toronto which was like a you know i don't know a normal school i'm assuming mm-hmm. um when i got to hampton i was like uh, two three years ahead of everybody academically yeah you know so i'm in like grade six or whatever it was and um you know, like these, the the other, I would do like these, you know, you do those like uh, times tables or whatever, yeah. and you just like five times five is whatever, six times six is whatever, and you just yeah. fill out, you'd have this sheet of just all the, they're trying to train you to just do this, Memorize this fast math yeah. and um and stuff that I had, I mean, learned a couple of years previous that they were just teaching kids in Hampton then, which right. was, and so it was like blazing through this stuff yeah. and teachers who were like, okay, so we're going to take the afternoon and you're do your thing. And I'd literally like be done these assignments in like a minute and a half for something that was supposed to take up the whole rest of the day. <laughs> and then that would kind of make kids sort of mad at me a little right. bit and um and then was was put into like the accelerated learning mm-hmm. sections of that school but i mean i i don't think i'm an idiot but uh, um you know i'm i'm not i probably didn't belong in accelerated learning in any other school but that one and uh um so which, which kind of like sets you apart and makes you just i mean just a bit of an outcast in a way and these other kids who are like what the fuck like how did this why? Why are you so special, or yeah. whatever? But meanwhile, not actually feeling special, like just yeah. like yeah, I learned this and now I did it. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're kind of that way today, though. You pick up things like music. I do. I pick up things quickly. Yeah, I think musically and, genres for sure. But yeah. we'll we'll get to that. But I yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So that that was just like a, a pretty negative situation by the end yeah. of it, and also even having British parents was weird to really? the kids there. And, yeah. 
and uh, it's just very like backwoods. I'm sure it's different by now, and suburbs. Yeah. The suburbs have creeped out that far, and, yeah. and they have Walmart now. But they have a lot of campaigns of anti-bullying, and yeah. you know, and this and that, and a lot of it I, I agree with. Yeah. But at the same time, it can't generate little perfect little flowers. Yeah, everybody's flawed somehow, and everybody needs to understand what their flaw is well, to be able to overcome it. In in a way, like the the things that I was good at were what were seen as my flaws. So you develop this weird sort of elitist thing yeah. where like I, I like as a little kid I'm like well fuck you I'm better than you like yeah, well, I, <laughs> you yeah. don't know math and I know math <laughs> like yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and well, that's just being a kid and too. well yeah and I, I mean whatever I, I don't have any regrets but it's weird like being being an outcast because you're good yeah is so it's this whole concept of like being punished for being awesome yeah, and that's like a recurring thing in, in my life the whole today. time since. Today be a whole different thing. Oh but yeah, but you wouldn't be you if you didn't have just that little bit of. That's what gives you your just a little bit bitter, but edge. also still better than it, you. It, <laughs> <laughs> Look at my shit. Uh, my mics are apexes from yeah. Long and McQuay. Yeah. What do you got? Was it, oh, you got Neumann. Two, was this a two sixty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. four thirty. I made. Um, I fixed these myself because uh, I know those, with hair nets because I, I have women I, in my house. I've had a couple of these, and they, that is the first thing to go. So it's yeah. classic. But anyway, yeah. But so I mean, it's a different life now where people are gifted. They really kind of, I don't know. They don't. They don't really down speak it, but at the same time, it is quietly like you have. That's why you have millionaires walking around dressed as normal people mm-hmm. because they don't want to say like uh, the guy with the monocle driving the big car. Mm-hmm. They want to be just like you, you yeah. know. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. Elitism is not that cool, no, anymore. No, um, but yeah. But you still need to know. I mean, I, I I always explain this horribly, and it always comes off really bad. <laughs> But we need a little bit of shame in life. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of accountability to say, you know what? You fucked up. Yeah. Okay. I fucked up. Okay. Well, what are you going to do to make this better? Okay. Well, if this is this is me talking, I'm going to try and make this better. Well, yeah. a lot of people say, what are you talking about? What yeah. are you talking? No, I did my best. If you don't like it, then fuck you. That's, I speak to people like that all the time. Yeah. Like you give them a specific task and say, do that. And when they do it, you go, did it wrong. Ugh, dude, lay off. Like what? Yeah. This doesn't this is a whole new world, man. Yeah, which is yeah, something I I definitely feel and kind of like just not being late or returning phone calls <laughs> <laughs> to bring it all the way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you know, it's like pretty basic manners and like just It's just normal I mean Yeah. We have British parents. I think British parents instilled something, a little bit of Yeah. Manners and a little bit of class. A little bit of class, even yeah. though we, you know, whatever. Brits is in history are kind of known as being a little, you know. But yeah, there's definitely that that whole lack of accountability seems to be a big problem. And I don't know. I, I'm, I guess I'm not quite old enough to really like, you know, become my parents yet, no. <laughs> or whatever. No. But I'm getting close, and as I I, I see how kids are. Yeah. And thing like and then <laughs> I don't know. Pa- parents having conversations like Madison, remember we spoke <laughs> about you throwing uh, things around in the grocery store? Or Caleb. <laughs> Skylar. Dakota. Um you know, I know, I know. Yeah. And uh so whatever. No matter what, I'll just look like a grandpa old man if I criticize how kids are being raised. You need and the what shame. the fuck do I know? No, I know no, man, go with it. I'm it's a whole but, new generation, um, man. Let's we're start shaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, fuck, these kids are, you know, not special. 
Not everybody. <laughs> no, it's yeah, true. Like, it's true. Not everybody is special. Yeah. There is a place. The world needs ditch diggers too. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm sorry. It's just. I mean, I disagree with it to a certain point where they used to take scores in England. Yeah. And they say you're going to be a re- receptionist. Yeah. That's your lot in life. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. But I, I think the world is your oyster. But you also make decisions in There's life. There's got to be some kind of balance. Absolutely. There you know. You. And, you, um, you know. The world. You know, needs to tell you where to go in life, and that's yeah. that's all cool. I'm 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 good with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, probably what makes you special is like becoming special. Like you got to work at it. Work at it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, nothing's like nothing's handed to you. And yeah. I guess this is maybe maybe one of the first generations where like money is handed to you. Yeah. I was just reading this article in McLean's the other, or I think it was, I don't know some whatever, um, about uh, inheritance. Yeah, and um, uh, so what did it say? It was um, something like seventy percent, or I'm probably saying all the numbers wrong, but yeah, yeah. it was like this uh, obscene number of the of uh, people that have received some sort of inheritance, mm-hmm. um, which is like you know pretty high number, and like mm-hmm. most most people have received some sort of inheritance. Yeah, and um, that's not that weird because most people know somebody who died. Most like most, whether it be a cat or a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you know whether like you're you know grandparents and great-grandparents and parents die and and like everybody nobody can avoid that everybody knows someone who died um and everybody who dies leaves something and whatever what was amazing about this was that the average amount of inheritance was over a hundred k really average amount that people have received from their and this is sort of modern time in modern times and so as as baby boomers are yeah. dying um, and they've actually developed like a lot of wealth. And yeah. so our parents, um, our parents did well and like bought houses and paid for the whole thing over their life and yeah. bought cars and kept extra money and put you through school and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they had money left over at the end. In fact, they had on average $100,000 to give you when yeah. they passed away. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that any generation before this was, was being handed yeah. that amount of money. So can you imagine? And this, I mean, happened to me as well, where I inherited money when I was like 24 years old. And yeah. I was lucky enough to receive this. That gave me this huge advantage in yeah. life of being able to buy a house when I was 25 years old. Like that's yeah. huge. And oh, yeah. totally changed, you know, your the, perspective and of that. everything. Yeah. And now... And and I felt like so lucky and still feel lucky to that just changed my life when that happened. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I always assumed that that was an anomaly and that not everyone was getting that. Nope. But nope. Um, as as we get older, the generation just below us of kids who are now like 20 years old or whatever, like that's that's common. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, because parents, there's a whole different world. People knew how to save. In the eighties, people just started turning into credit machines, and that was the other thing is that yeah. we've these all these kids have more debt than they've ever had, yeah. but are also waiting for more inheritance than they've ever had. Yeah. So basically, you're training yourself to say, I'll "Okay, wait later. it doesn't matter that yeah. I'm going into debt. All I got to do is wait for this old fucker to die." <laughs> and and uh, which and that's so psychologically, it's like yeah. there I don't have to be accountable. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to like earn this money on my own because. Nope. I know they're going to die and it's a shitty, you know, people don't put it in those terms. They don't like to talk about it, but they can't not be thinking that. It's true. It's true. Um, I can't make my payments, but God, 10 years, I'm getting a payday. 
Yeah, and yeah. and what a shitty shitty thought, you yeah. know. And nobody nobody wants to like admit they think something like that, but it's got to be what's happening, and to a higher degree than it's ever happened before. So, yeah. I mean, that's got to change how how kids are acting, right? Yeah. Doesn't it? I yeah, just got to yeah, trickle yeah, down absolutely. somehow. And I think though, I think what's going to happen is that the the parents of the who became parents products of the who were teenagers in the eighties who yeah. are going to be passing away in what. 20 years, 30 years from now, yeah. they're not going to be 100K deep. Uh-uh. Inher- they're going to be, you inherit my house mortgage. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it'll revert back to back to usual. I really do, because maybe. in the 70s, people were really worried about money. There was a big depression on money, and yeah. well, everybody's really worried about, because their parents in the, in the, in the 50s and 60s said, you got to save money. You got to earn money to spend it. Yeah, and, then and even sudden, later on too, with our parents would have been totally bummed out in like 1989 or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. that would have been oh a pretty serious yeah. situation. And well, for I was a bit too young to understand, but the crash and the mortgage rates were 18. percent Yeah, Could you imagine. Yeah, it's Jesus. insane. And um, so you know, our parents of that generation are would have been like would have yeah. instilled slightly different values about money. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, now, like you know, 20 years later, that's Probably not so much happening. No, no, it is. It's unfortunate because, well, I think they're starting to put a cap on how credit card interest rates and and how uh, your your uh, whatever your what am I trying to say? What you're allowed, what your limit is. Yeah. Because before, what they would do is send you a letter saying, "Congratulations, your limit's gone over a thousand dollars because your bill is a one thousand and one dollar." Yeah. It's like, well, I, can you afford this? There was never a question. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think we all fell into it in the '90s, where it's like. Hey, credit card, free money, awesome. And then it was like, oh shit, I got to pay this off. And oh shit, it's yeah. 18 or 20%, 22% interest. Yeah. And just make the minimum payments. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You'll get it paid off in five years. Just don't spend any money between now and five yeah. years. But that's impossible. So kind of off topic, but did, did you hear about that, uh, the hockey player, um, Jack Johnson, the hockey player, not the musician? <laughs> I think it was- Sounds about Curious George. He's, he's you know what? Uh, I think it was Jack Johnson. I, I feel pretty stupid if it wasn't it. Anyway, uh, so he's a very successful hockey player. Uh, he's made millions and millions of dollars. He just signed a big contract for another $8 million a year for the next 10 years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's 29 or something or whatever at a, a very healthy age to continue to be yeah, successful yeah. in professional sports. Got and, another year in him. <laughs> and uh, and he just trusted his parents with his money uh, for his entire career. He said, no, I'm going to train. I'm going to play sports. I'm going to be awesome at sports. His parents were like staying in five-star hotels and following him around to games and stuff. But oh. there were... Also, buying houses for which they defaulted on the first payment. <laughs> oh, and it's his money. Uh, and there was this one story about them. Um, he signed a contract extension, which the actual payment for that extension wouldn't start until the following season. But he signed the extension while in uh, the previous season. And uh, so the paychecks wouldn't actually go up for another eight months yeah. or 10 months. Uh, but his parents apparently were like, woo, cool. We just doubled our money. Cool. Let's buy a house. Uh, but then realized, oh shit, he's not actually getting paid for that yet. And they started going to these like almost loan sharky predatory uh, lenders. <laughs> um, and one in particular that lent money to all the athletes while they were on strike uh, for hockey okay. and lent money to all the NFL or yeah, whatever, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. strikes. Yeah. There's these guys like, okay, well, here's $5 million. We A bank won't loan you this because you can't really show like this, you got no credit. Yeah, you got no credit. You just got. Uh, yeah. But we know that you're a professional athlete, so we will give you five million dollars, and you can survive for another year. X amount of percentage. At a huge percentage, and so they started borrowing from this guy, and they are bankrupt. There, this is a uh, hugely uh, successful kid who uh, has been training all his life, and who signed this giant 
you know, was yeah. one of the top defensemen in the league. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who was like giving Sidney Crosby so much trouble in the Olympics. You know, like yeah, that's the yeah. guy, and and yeah. his name is Jack Johnson, which is weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so he's like got bad luck, I guess, in a couple ways. There. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure that I'm not um, telling all the details, but it's no, correctly. It is, yeah, but uh, this Lesson is like learned. holy shit. So you trusted your parents, which shouldn't be such a bad thing. Yeah. Um, not always. Depends how many teeth they had between the two of them. That's that was I was just thinking in my head. Like, <laughs> yeah. How many teeth did both parents have? Full set. How many were they missing? Yeah. And you could didn't do a math of IQ. And all the stories sound like they're like you know they weren't trying to fuck them over. Like they, they weren't trying stupid. to steal. They were just dumb. Yeah. They're dumb parents, and he just yeah. and See, then you just gotta hire them, a like, money oh, manager. God. There's yeah, people. There's people that take uh, a sum of money and they they invest it wisely for you, yeah. or they don't. It's all up to you. Yeah. It's like here's your high risk investments. Here's your low risk investments. Yeah. Do this, and these are people that actually over in the Forester's building. You yeah. know, I met a few of those guys because I used to work for a band that had were smart enough to hire that guy, mm-hmm. and they're still living in nice houses. They and still got doing money. Fine, yeah, they're doing great. And whatever, know? this guy will be fine too. He'll he'll continue to earn eight but million dollars a year. But he's got like five years before he even gets his credit back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Yeah, it's gonna be like Ty Domi selling like internet and bad TV. Yeah, well, Ty Domi went bankrupt bef- less than one year after he retired. He already, yeah. but I mean that was divorce. He's on buses now. He's on buses div- in the sun. He's I think that was his... because of a bad divorce. And some yeah, alimony he's got to work. Right, he can't go play hockey. Hockey. Yeah. He's the Mike Tyson of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's fine. He's got a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a bummer, man. Like, jeez, jeez, like, that sucks. Ugh. University thing I loved about you, Tom, is that um, in university, I knew you in university, but I didn't know you went to university. Mm-hmm. You're like worked in a candy store and went to university. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you think being kind of smart with school that got you through school, right? Because I think. You're one of those not kind of study guys, just going to the exam. Oh yeah, I didn't. I I barely showed up for class. Uh, I think like my last few courses, I I did well on the road. Like I was on tour and <laughs> Co- correspondence. Well, yeah. I mean, I would just get in touch with my professors on the first day and say, "Hey, look, I signed up for your class, but I'm not actually going to be here till the final exam. Yeah. Um, and I'm going on this tour for the next three months. If you can, you send me anything that I need to yeah. care about that much. And they're actually usually pretty cool about it. Like they're pretty understanding. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so I was able to just turn in the odd assignment from from hotel rooms and where in Amsterdam, you know, like I was, I remember like the last my last two credits were summer credits, and I was on tour in Europe for two months straight, and I was only there for the last two weeks of class, and I mean I did really badly in both those classes. Did like you get was, your? Uh, did I you got the credit? degree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would you know I would get like sixty two. Um, good enough, man. If you're not working and, at it, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people try their whole life to try and be good at school, and yeah. they do it not just to impress themselves, but the people that paid for it, you know? And, yeah, you know. yeah, and I guess I, I did not have that respect. Maybe I am guilty of everything we were criticizing about Maybe. Kids, but yeah. uh, Do yeah, you text I, while walking across crosswalks? <laughs> not, well, I try not to. Do you pick up the step while going across the crosswalk? Pick up? Oh, uh, no. No, no, no. Or you no, dog no. it? Well, no, I, it depends. It's a big gauge. I have a very high meter of, of gauging and judging by people that text while going across crosswalks as well as walking slow. Yeah. I well, feel there's 30 people on that bus. I want to step it up a little bit. You know, give the guy a little, you know. Yeah. Well, this is the annoying thing is whenever whenever an annoying thing happens to me in traffic or just in like daily life, um, I often think like, okay, when, when you waste my time... <laughs> Uh, and say say you you waste thirty seconds of my time, right? Yeah. Say you're like, no, I just gotta 
take a piss, man. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll wait for you. Or whatever. I don't know. That's a horrible example. No, no. I get, I get No you. big deal. When you walk slowly in front of a streetcar, you are wasting 30 seconds times 100. So you have wasted, you know. Yeah, a lot. 300 oh, seconds. Yeah. And when you like. That's an hour, right? When you st- <laughs> when you stop, when you make a bad decision at a red light and decide, like, I'm going to turn my blinker on right when it turns green yeah. and essentially fucking the fucking 10 cars behind, behind me. me. Yeah. So then you just wasted one minute of the person behind you. But there are 12 people behind you. Yeah. So you wasted 12 minutes of their time. But actually that held up traffic even further behind it. So it's exponentially whatever. Mm-hmm. All these decisions of people like, uh, this is and uh, this is my, another curmudgeonly yeah, no. thing. I'm with you. I'm sure ninety percent of people listening are with you too. So whenever I I see people like fuck, why did you? Why would you hold this streetcar up and complain about whatever stupid thing you're complaining about? (laughs) You just wasted all these people time, people's time, times that amount. Yeah. And so imagine if it was just you and me, and uh, you were like, and you wasted a full hour of my time, like right right? now, like like right now. (laughs) We're getting close, close to an hour. Yeah. Good one. 55 minutes. But... Um, Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to 60 before yeah, I get to critical. Yeah, before you start getting curmudgeon Um, You know, that's... And you would feel bad if if you wasted an hour of my time. Absolutely. You would, you would, you would feel guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, so why would you not feel guilty if you uh, wasted enough people's times that it equaled 60 minutes when you added it all up? Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. We're in the generation of me. Yeah. It's all about me. They have songs like, watch, you don't have kids, but <clears throat> when you start watching these kids' shows, everyone says, you're awesome, you're special, Nobody, yeah. nobody's as special as you. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, but that's where people are, now they're adults. Yeah. And those people go to university, and yeah. I, I see those people every day, I hate those people. Yeah. I see people throwing garbage around, yeah. I see people st- like just openly just stealing shit, and you're like, what? Well, you think you're in, that's yours? Like, yeah, yeah it's mine. I pay, I pay to go here. Yeah. Okay. And, um... We live in a great yeah. society. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. Sometimes I just don't know why we even live here. You know, like, and and uh, when if we're just generally bitchy about how things are done, then maybe we should just move somewhere else. Yeah. And I wonder if it's better. I what no country would be mm-hmm. the more friendlier country? Like, it's not even about friendly. Friendly. Well, is you got to go to an area, but, but just where where I don't know where people just Japan, Japan, Japan. I've never been, <sighs> but. But people don't like spit on the sidewalks in Japan. Definitely, there are too many people there for people to to do their own thing. Have you been to Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And we did a chaos tour there, and uh, and then I spent another few days there and got really bored and cranky. <laughs> <laughs> in <laughs> Japan. In Japan. Wow, you're shows. hard to impress. Well, the show days were amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, like incredible. And, yeah, and, that's um, right. Because we don't even <laughs> explain that you played bass in Chaos, which is Canada's. What is is Canada's answer to? Um, Black Eyed Peas? Black Eyed Peas. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, Sorry. I don't know. I don't, What's that's that band bad, from Atlanta? Um, Sorry, Miss Jackson. No. I am full read. Outcast. Outcast, yeah. Chaos, yeah. Outcast. That'd well, be a Kevin great was bill. Kevin was one of the, the uh, Kevin is Chaos's name, uh, you know, one of the first most successful, like, breakthrough rappers here, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, in the 90s when, when all the hip-hop guys were complaining about not having success south of the border, um, He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, the first first guy to like to kind of break through. Not that he did huge in the states, but that he was really successful. He sold a lot of records, critically acclaimed, had too. hit songs on the record, was yeah. respected, and was like had this amazing career. And and uh, to my mind, was I mean, 
the most successful um, hip hop dude of of his like of his peers, mm-hmm. and that like just did really well at a, at a time when um, a lot of other hip hop guys were complaining. Yeah, and and, and it um, led up to you actually playing the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, we did the closing ceremonies. Amazing! It's crazy. And, I saw Tom uh, on TV. Well, I didn't see you on TV. I saw Steve's hat, Steve Crackle's hat. <laughs> yeah, because he positioned himself perfectly behind yeah. Chaos to yeah. be in the shot. Yeah, not just the TV shot, but the big LED shot yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah. Steve's hat. No, that was it. Was a, that was a crazy experience? That must have been a total trip. It was that stage alone was like <laughs> it was like a hundred feet off the ground. Frightening, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was such a weird day. They. Um, there's so much security involved, yeah, and and um, you know you had to get vetted uh, months in advance, have ID with your picture on it, yep. and there was no guests allowed. Yeah. And there was uh, uh, when we drove into the compound, it was took an hour to get past the bomb people with mirrors under your van and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And once you're what's in your there, name? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Pull over there, please. <laughs> uh, and once we got there, we were stuck there. We weren't allowed to come and go, yeah. which wasn't so bad. I mean, there was unlimited free. Food and drinks and yeah. a nice little trailers and health drinks, and you know, whatever workout but, room. And the, the <laughs> opening ceremony of the Olympics was a, such a disaster with the yeah. the thing not coming up. The, oh uh, yeah, yeah, Wayne Gretzky in the back of a pickup truck and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> um, and they I forgot were, about that. They were criticized so much for the opening that they yeah. didn't really want to get the closing right. So they ran the show three or four times in a row, start yeah. to finish. So our quote unquote rehearsal um, it was three dress rehearsals. Three dress rehearsals, so you wait four hours to rehearse for three minutes. Yeah. They take the whole thing down, start it again, and wait another four hours yeah. to rehearse for three minutes. Yeah. So this is a long-ass, boring day where there's a combined total of 12 minutes of rehearsal Yeah, <laughs> for like a 14-hour day, Yeah, um, which is insane. And you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. And it's probably all shot, too, like just yeah. in case the fucking world ends. Oh, yeah, they're getting can... all their angles in advance, and, yeah. and they probably could have in theory just played slipped it. in yeah they could have played the rehearsal you no never problem. know right yeah uh so you know pretty long boring day and not only were you not allowed to leave the arena but you weren't allowed to leave um like your section of the arena so that oh. whole day we're stuck in a little compound with just there was there was a big huge stage on one hit sta- one side of the arena big huge stage on the other side of the arena and then little mini stage that races from the center of yeah. the arena um Whoever was on big stage on the north or whatever, um, over there. they're all stuck together. Yeah. Whoever's on other big stage, they're all stuck together. Know, Whoever comes from the thing, they're all stuck together. You can't just walk Sounds around. Sounds like a place. logistical nightmare. So for 14 hours straight, um, I am held hostage with <laughs> <laughs> the members of Headley and, <laughs> and Nickelback. <laughs> and, um, oh, shit. Who are, who are all like the super nice guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fun yeah. to make fun of them, but uh, yeah. they're like such good guys. And I have like tons of respect for just any musician that works hard in this. I guess to play the fucking amazing, Olympics. But, like, come on. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, people like to make fun of Nickelback. And, yeah, I do. Whatever. But uh, like actually really great guys. And we had a great hang all day. Probably. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a couple other bands that I can't remember. It was like a French Canadian girl that I haven't heard of since who was on our side and whatever. And then I just Im- imagine on the other side of the arena, like Alanis is hanging out with, uh, um, uh, what's her face? Avril Lavigne. Yeah. And like whatever, like they're all stuck together. I'm yeah, just imagining yeah. what, what's going on with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're just sitting in this like little back room and just so bored. And I'm sitting on a love seat with Chad Kroger. 
very yeah, weird. Yeah. So real while while he's Play getting some music in the while he's getting a massage actually. Oh, cool. Um, From, and we're not talking, and was I'm like Avril. No, she's. Oh, no, this is all. This is all pre-Avril, and yes. and uh, when they were segregated, uh, yeah, yeah. because of the arena. It's like a, it's like a fable of sorts. I can't even remember if Avril Lavigne was on that stage, but uh, anyway, <clears throat> um, so we're sitting there just watching the rehearsal, and one of the things in that show was the Neil Young who came up from the center thing. That's right, yeah. So then you imagine Neil Young was just hanging out with Dan Aykroyd all day, or whoever else yeah. was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Um, and he's singing this song, and and I've never like I've never heard it before or i don't recall hearing this neil young song and um so i say to chad kroger i'm like hey is this like a is this a um a song that he wrote just for the olympics or is this just a neil young song that i don't know obviously neil young's got a huge catalog yeah 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 he's like i don't know man i, I know harvest moon that's it <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> he's yeah, like right. when i hear a voice like this come on the radio i change it man i, I like seeger <laughs> i'm like really so You've how like, dare you? You've never heard any old man. Uh, you, like you don't know any Neil Young songs. Like yeah, man, I, I don't know. And you know, to be honest, I don't think anybody else really knows Neil Young either. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, really? Wow. wow. Like he's like, yeah, man. Like I, I know you, indie rock kid. There, like uh, name three Neil Young songs, really. <laughs> <laughs> like as if this right. Are you be, kidding me? This is our institution. As if this would be like an impossible feat and that yeah. he's like challenging me, like, no, you're faking liking Neil Young. I'm like weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh which and I bet there's kids that do fake liking Neil Young, actually. Well at least uh, he's true. At least he's true to his word. <laughs> and I'm like, cool man. But I'm like, I'm kinda nervous now I'm on the spot. Yeah. I'm like, should Neil Young songs. Uh 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 Oh man. Harvest Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh <laughs> and then like uh uh cinema girl or something or I can't remember what I said. Yeah, and then yeah. my third was piece of crap. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, it was like yeah, from like nineteen ninety four bad era. Like yeah. who even knows that Neil Young song was a single when I was a teenager and, and yeah, uh popped into notes my head. For you. But of all the Neil Young catalog that uh, I could have like God. I mean, keep on rocking the free world, man. Like Needle and the damage done. <laughs> come on. Yeah, come like on. there's some huge hits. So whatever. Yeah. He's but he's being funny and and uh was he, he serious he, oh, he was serious and then i was like oh. well that's great man because one day one day when you uh are ready to like neil young because yeah you don't you're not always uh how old is I he remember when i was a teenager i didn't get neil young i didn't understand it yeah really. i had to my parents like neil young right so it's like a whole young. other thing yeah. but you know my parents didn't listen to music i got punch in shoulder and uh <laughs> so then like as you like as as you like grow and and you, you have like different times in your life that you're ready yeah. ready to like oh, different yeah. music yeah and, same with Beatles too and, uh, oh yeah and you like different Beatles records over yeah. the years yeah, and yeah. You, you know your perspective changes or I like how I I like Led Zeppelin for totally different reasons now than I did <laughs> when I was a teenager like it's yeah. just like my my favorite songs are the exact opposite yeah and, like absolutely just yeah. I've grown and I like different stuff yeah. um. So I was like, well, I, I mean, I, I kind of am envious a little bit of you because if you really have never heard any of this music, then that means you get to hear all this music for the first time. And when you're ready for it, you're going to be. Yeah, this and you amazing. have like this whole stage of your life. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure Chad Kroger will never have that stage of his life, but uh, you never know. And How like, what you... a great thing to like, <sighs> cool, man. Like, Hang on to that. Imagine if we just hear Neil Young for the first time. Yeah, or, what's this stuff? Or this guy my, sounds funny. 
my friend Todor, uh, when when he he's like a, a Bulgarian immigrant, he came here when he was like twenty years old, and mm-hmm. Bulgaria didn't have a lot of music, and and uh, our our mutual friend Victor um, was they went on a long car ride, and Todor wasn't that great with English yet, and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and uh, Victor just started playing music, and Todor <laughs> had never heard the Who. Wow! Wow! <laughs> he was like you know twenty two years old or something, hearing the Who for the first time, like holy shit, this wow, is amazing! His head's exploding, and like and and Victor had the same reaction that I had to Chad Kroger, which was like, wow, man, I'm so jealous. That's amazing. So I had just somehow avoided the Who until right yeah. now, and then just heard it for the first time. What but, an amazing day that would be. Being, I don't know, it says a lot. I mean, I'm not a big Nickelback or Chad fan, but. It says about where you sit with your headspace about music being a sponge. Like, you listen to music your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. And you've appreciated music for what it is. It's music. I don't like that music. Okay, I'm not going to listen to that. I love this band. I'm going to do this. I like this. I could take it or leave it. I like Seeger. I like Seeger. Night Moves. You know? (laughs) Turn the Page. Yeah. That's a fucking song about the road, motherfucker. Yeah. Long hair. Yeah. But So he's into what he's into. Great. Awesome. How can you not go from Seeger to Neil Young? We could have a whole different, stop recording, have a whole new podcast about how can Chad Kroger not like Neil Young when he likes Seeger? He knows it's Seeger. He doesn't even need to say Bob Seeger. He's yeah. like, fucking Seeger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it's I weird. mean, I respect it, man. It's all, it's all good. No, and, I, I, and I like that. You know, it, it must be hard to, well, it must be awesome to be Chad Kroger, but also once in a while hard to be Chad Kroger when yeah. he's got the same problems that we do. That That's actually totally untrue. He's got a totally different set of problems than we do, but he has a set of problems yeah. like, like we do. He has yeah. problems. Yeah. And of all these people just not respecting his music at all. I and think he's him okay with just, it. Yeah, he certainly seems that way. And he's him okay. just like standing behind it and saying yeah. like, fuck you, this is my music. This is what I dig. Yeah. And a million other people like it too. So fuck off. That's exactly what he said in interview. And that is what he says when he's talking about primary, secondary, and tertiary hooks in songwriting. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Uh, But whatever. I mean, like, I totally respect that, man. He's he's on a different musical journey than we are. He's a whole new animal. He sticks behind the thing that he loves, and he does the thing he loves, and that's... I mean that's that's all you really want from any artist is yeah. to like to be true to something yeah. and be like yeah. I'm not writing this music because you think it's cool like I'm writing this music because this music inspires me and this right. is this is the music that inspires me so fuck yeah. off yeah. I'm fucking Chad Kroger I have a <laughs> hockey rink in my basement yeah. <laughs> so go to hell Let's see well, the difference between you is that you're willing to accept chad kroger's for his warts and all I whereas am. if he listened to your albums he'd be like what the fuck is this pansy shit i don't know man i think i Do you think well it i depends. listen to seager that's a that's a statement my friend. <laughs> it depends man <laughs> if if you put it into perspective like maybe he actually becomes the most understanding guy in the world depending on like his background and how he how his brain processes things ready. and how smart he is or whatever but yeah. if you've been criticizing for, criticized for doing something that uh, like uh, that some people don't respect but sticking by your guns and winning because of it yeah then maybe when you listen to other people's music that other people don't respect like yeah. same thing like you're just being empathetic yeah to to lots and and you think maybe actually the guy ends up being even though he doesn't like my music that's for sure yeah he's never gonna he's proven that by the seeger yeah <laughs> um uh, but uh but he might be actually the guy who respects it more than anyone like just yeah. coming from a world, he's like, wow, well, you know, if you yeah. make music that you stand behind and then you're true to, and that, yeah. then, uh, then, yeah, that Chad could be the Kroger part we're missing. Yeah, yeah, it could be like, hey, God, God willing, go have, have, have a good time. 
you yeah. know, with what you do, and good luck to you. And he seems to be having a blast. So, yeah. yeah. Fuck, good for him, man. Well, like, thanks, Chad Kruger, for being yeah. on my podcast. It really is Chad Kruger, everybody. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. argue with it, man. It's yeah. it's good. And and anybody that's passionate about anything, really, oh, yeah. like you need know, like walk a watch a documentary about worms or whatever, and yeah. you're like, and and there's like this nerd who's talking a lot about worms and <laughs> and um but if he's really passionate talking about the things he's talking about and then that that translates yeah. and you get into the show because you're like wow oh, man yeah, yeah cool man you worms. really like you're really thing. into worms that's yeah. amazing and yeah. and uh no matter what when you see people that are really passionate about anything and it doesn't matter if your interest actually aligns with them just that passion alone is inspiring to yeah. me and like it's something that like you're not that's all I want to see. That's yeah. all I want to see, man, is people like just doing their thing and because that's their thing, yeah. you know, and do it. You're not a commercial. Do it awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end off, man, because I really enjoyed talking to you. I want to have you on again because I think we could just talk all day. That's what we're good at. Yeah. We're good at talking. We've had some long talks in the past. We have had some very yeah. good long talks. And uh, yeah. I, I'm, which, as one of my oldest friends. I'm. We're going on 20 years in a couple of years. You know? We are getting there. And uh, what are we going to do for our anniversary? Tom? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a songwriter's camp. You eat something that's low in fat, of course. Maybe do some work. Do you? Uh, you still working out? And one stuff? beer limit. Uh, no, not at all. No, I, really? yeah, I just gave yeah. up that man. You're looking good. Uh, looking, you know. Really, I don't know. Yeah. I think this is a looser fitting sweater than you're. Than you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I've yeah. been trying to keep fit. To keep you, fit. yeah, you actually do have lost some weight since last time I saw you for sure. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every day, I have this app on my phone, and it tells me when to walk. I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta walk. My phone told me to walk. Yeah, I'm doing a five kilometer thing in in the 19th wow. uh, of this month of April. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks, man. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I I had an amazing time, and thanks for inviting me into your recording studio, which is called is it is that the name? Taurus Recording. Taurus Recording is on mm-hmm. the on the interwebs on the interwebs. There's I believe TaurusRecording.com. There you I go. Think, yeah. And your band or you? It's you now, right? It's me solo. Thomas Darcy Music dot com, and I'll do a couple shows over CMW if this is up. Then. Oh no way! Well, yeah, it'll be out uh, in two weeks. Cool. All right, brother. Thank you. High five and ready. There we go. Boom. <laughs> I think you should end all podcasts that way with a high five. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, everybody. Go to iTunes, okay? Subscribe, rate, review, help me out, get us back in the charts. Dropped off the charts last week because uh, I don't know why. I, don't, I can't understand, never understand how iTunes charting works. But we're off the charts. We're coming back, though, coming back hard, Okay. Rate review. Go to go to Facebook. Like you know the deal. Come on, you've been along this for this ride for twenty one episodes. I'm not going to just berate you and tell you to do this. So, do me a favor. Go do that. Okay. Who's on next week, Simon? I'm so glad I asked myself. I even know who's next week. His name is Dan Neistat, and if I mispronounced his last name, it's because it's wacky crazy. It's N Y S T E D T. It's a crazy last name. Nice, nice, nice dead. Anyways, you'll get it. I, I, you know, I'm not that smart. So yeah, come back and listen to that one because he, he makes documentaries. He's a filmmaker. He's a film editor. He's a musician. Uh, he owns a record label, part of a record label. He's just an all round kind of cool guy. He's from Sault Ste. Marie. So I hope to see y'all come back next week. I'll be here. 
Bye-bye.